This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. I just imagine some Joe Binge is buying, winning it. Thanks to Jeebus! Yeah. I am now a multi-fucking-millionaire! Thank you! And you're like, what? I buy fucking Battle for Zendikar packs, but instead, I'm a millionaire now. You changed my life! <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManaDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. And of course, they rag on me for not talking enough. <laughs> nice. Listen to me now, bitch. That's <laughs> Jay Boosh. You know what? This is how it works. I'm not old as fuck, and I don't play it easy. And those are the two things that apparently matter when you want to play mind flavor. Scotty. And and I cashed that GP. Like, that's legit. Like, for me, being just the fucking dad grinder, that's a huge deal. And Jeremy. Sometimes you just have to be that guy. We're like, oh, you want to play some modern? It's like, yeah, I want to play some modern. And it's like, also spend a Lotus Bloom. And they're just like, oh, why did I want to play modern with you? And now, the A-Team. Bonjour et bienvenue à Magic Melon. Je suis Jay Bush, uh, mon ami KYT. Man, how do you know so many words in French? That I... just kind of came out. Welcome to Magic Melange, the only bilingual podcast about magic. Uh, KYT is, uh, oh. is here. He didn't say hi. Je suis uh, heureux d'être ici. Bienvenue, mon ami. Ici, <laughs> on a Jeremy Scumbaggery. Je suis ici. Oui? Aujourd'hui. Aujourd'hui, je voudrais aller les out de magique. We're like 99% of our audience who uh, is American and doesn't speak French at all. Um, welcome to the 18 Podcast, episode 247. I'm your host, Jay Bush. I have, uh, uh, as always, the delectable uh, KYP with me. I mean, this is actually an interesting topic because... A topic? How, because I have no idea, like, I have no concept being, uh, as someone from Quebec, I have no idea where you guys pick up your little teeny bits of French at all. Like, how does it even work? I'm embarrassed to say I spent five years in French immersion school, and that's all I got. <laughs> I, spent, I spent 13 years in French immersion school. What? Yeah. I mean, we... <laughs> they, they, they forced that shit out west? Yeah, man. So what happened is, so a little history lesson for you. Yeah. In the 80s, we elected basically like... This is like before corporations were like fully corrupt, and that people knew that. Like nowadays, people just know that corporations are corrupt, right? Like Donald Trump. And he just, like, laughs right in your face. He's like, yeah, well, fuck you. I have billions of dollars. I don't even care. Like, fuck off. In the 80s, people didn't do that. So, 
in Canada, we elected Brian Mulroney, who basically just robbed Canada of all the money. He was like what you would picture in like a like a fucking movie. Like he's a James Bond villain, right? He's like the warlord of some country, and he's like stealing all the money. So Brian Mulroney told all of these parents in the '80s that if their kids didn't know, weren't fully bilingual in Canada that they would never get a job ever because Canada is a fully bilingual country and it'll be, like, mandatory. And, of course, my parents were just like, oh, my God, well, we better put our kids in the So, from, like, <laughs> kindergarten, like, ECS, like, le petit école, I was in fucking Le France up until grade 12. Like, I, my entire wow. school, all of it, was in Le French. What? Yeah. I can't even imagine a French school in fucking Calgary. Oh, yeah, man. It's uh, the thing. The thing that was good about the French school is like all the rich kids went to it because they, like poor people couldn't afford to send their kids to French school. I guess, except for my parents for some reason. <laughs> there was a few poor kids. I guess there was like me and like I don't know an immigrant or something that was on a scholarship. <laughs> I have no idea. But that was it. And we like we like we were hood. We like we stuck together. And then it was all rich kids. Every other person that was that was in French first was like the rich Northwest white, oh. you know, not divorced, multi kid, multi car, single dwelling home family. So, yeah. yeah so in see, retrospect, he was wrong. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, Among yeah. other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Maroon, you ever tells you anything, you just do the opposite. <laughs> so yeah, so I did uh I did uh thirteen years of French. And actually I hated it the entire time. Uh because like anything that you're when you're forced to do something, like uh, you know, when someone like forces you like they play like piracy from portal and they force you to tap your lands and take mana burn, that sucks. So uh I just hated it the whole time. And then I also hated it like there was, like, some teachers didn't care, right? Like, you'd be like, bonjour, madame, like, qu'est-ce que c'est le word for truck? And then, like, some of them would just be like, ha, 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 it's camion, Jay. And then some <laughs> other ones would be like, bon français. And they would just, like, pretend they didn't understand English words. And then you'd see them, like, in the hallway, like, speaking English to some other teacher. You'd be like, bitch, I fucking knew you spoke motherfucking English. <laughs> pretend not to understand me now, motherfucker.
Yeah. That's what, well, no, like, if you got back with one of your ex... A new old girlfriend? Like, your old girlfriend. Sure. But, it's, but, like, it's a new girlfriend, because, you, you know... It's so, a new old girlfriend. Yeah. Like, if you move back into your old house, like, this is our new house. Well, it's not really new. It's kind of old. It's new old. It's new to us. Yeah. yeah. New old. Okay. So, anyway, he has this new girlfriend, and she is studying... She's doing her thesis on this, this whole, like, brain-unlocking language... Thing. And I am a testament to the validity of this theory because I have picked up Spanish and Portuguese and some other language uh, while we're on vacation. I just like pick up words like I just osmosisly like <laughs> osmosisly. Yes. I love that it. is an awesome word. They just leak into my brain, and then I can just speak Spanish to the like not just like you know Uno cerveza or or. But like I'll be like, hey, do you have the key to the room? And how do I take this transit to the other transit to get to the main city? Uh, the garçon, like you know. So yeah, France. I would love. I we talked about this like two hundred episodes ago. KYT. We talked about uh, doing French <laughs> magic podcast. Man, I, I just never thought about this question. I I actually learned so much right now yeah. about uh, yeah, because I actually had no idea. I mean, I thought um, like even in different parts of of Montreal or Quebec, there's there's people who who even if they were born here, they their French is is um, awful. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. So um, it's it's just surprising that they that there's. There's, there was a significant effort, like out, out even west, when it's when I feel it's probably irrelevant at this point. Yeah, you're probably uh, right. Like, and actually, like, it'd be interesting to see if the generation after mine was just as inclined to go into French immersion. You know, like. But I always thought, like, I thought a long time ago that it would be good. I thought this far ahead that it would be good for. Uh, when it comes to the brain locking thing, that for my future kids to at least know, you know, two or maybe three languages, yep. like if you add Chinese on top, that'd be like tremendously beneficial uh, for their brains. So yeah, yeah, um, I have a, a buddy who he plays cards at Warp, and he's a, he's a linguist. He's he's going to school to learn to speak all the languages and do something useful with that. And that's what he was saying is that once you kind of learn a language, languages are root so you can kind of like pick up like uh for instance you were talking about like your portuguese and all that stuff that you're picking up yeah. well those are all latin-based languages those are the romance yeah. languages yeah like normally so, you can go from like french to spanish really easily spanish yeah french portuguese, spanish portuguese yeah. yeah like yeah they're all kind of grouped together so you, yeah. you're able to kind of cheat in those regards yeah yeah and then there's like the germanic languages and there's the asian ones i don't know if that's racist to say but but it was funny because i asked him like okay so if i speak english what is the easiest language for me to learn from this on? And he told me Swahili. Really? Yeah, apparently that's the easiest language to pick well, they up. Say, they say that English is the hardest language to learn because it's the one that has the most rules that nobody follows. Like how okay. earlier, I just made up the word osmosisly, and you immediately understood exactly what it meant. But if, oh, you, yeah. were from, if you were from Korea and trying to learn English, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get what that word, like you can't just, you know what I mean? Well, it's not a we word. We do that. We do that all the time. We're like, but like in English, you do that all the time, or people will just add like, you know, like irregardless, and like it's like everyone gets really mad. That's not the word, but then like there's that school of thought where like like language is meant to um, convey like meaning and and uh, 
and a message. So if you if I say irregardless and you know that I mean regardless, then the word irregardless is actually the same as the word regardless. So shut the fuck up is what some people and it's like it's fairly I mean like it's it's kind of true. But yeah. Irregardless. Irregardless, uh this is a magic <laughs> podcast, fucking losers, so talk about some yeah. magical cards, nerds. Yeah. I'm reading yeah. on Facebook for some reason because yeah. I'm old as shit, so I'm still on Facebook. Yeah. Lost my win <laughs> lost my women yeah. in, depressed, have four friends on top eight. Hashtag <laughs> WMCQ. Yeah. So first of all, you can use hashtags on fucking Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag adult pound sign yeah. pound sign hashtag yeah know. hashtag what so let's take a guess of who wrote of the three of us who wrote that that face <laughs> that face <laughs> who wrote that face well it's like a tweet on twitter what's it on a facebook it's a book well i got i gotta go with jay i think that was you jay oh shit like they're going <laughs> with the sleeper pick the sleeper pick i think you're trying to throw us off with your whole uh, there's there's uh, hashtags on Facebook bullshit. Oh, yeah, misdirection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to fuck with us, but okay. I'm wise to that. Okay. <laughs> I think it was you. Obviously, you think it was me? Uh, obviously, uh, me. There was obviously a WMCU in fucking Fort McMurray. At the fucking <laughs> the pole of the universe where it's cold. It's colder than Mars. Yeah. Uh, Actual colder than Mars. What do you think, KYT? Who do you think wrote that? <laughs> well, I know it's me, but... <laughs> for, for previous reference, the previous face that was written was 5-1 at the WMCQ with two rounds to go. Must represent Canada. Must. So you know, no, that wasn't me or Jeremy. Fuck that. <laughs> oh. Must. So how did your WMCQ go, Captain Canada? Thank you. Uh, that status message, I, I didn't want to write... Depressed. I, d- I didn't find the word I was looking. I think devastated. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't want oh. something that was like de- No, depressed was too strong. Um, right. There was another word. Face. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was another word I was looking you needed, for. Like, but hashtag maximum brownie face. Okay, maybe, maybe that would have worked. Um, but uh, I've always said on the show that uh, representing Canada would have been. Uh, better than making the PTQ, which I've done twice now, and I just want to win a WMCQ. And there's obviously less of these uh, opportunities, given that there's only three a year. And with Alex and, and Sean McLaren, again, both being on the team, making it on this team means you have a reasonable shot, regardless of, even if you're like some random Jobin, yeah. you could have a decent shot of winning the whole thing. Because pound for pound, those two are probably they, they easily put Canada in the upper bracket just just by themselves because all the other countries still like the the big names still have to make it through and and with those two as locks already heading into this event uh, this last WMCQ there's like a large incentive to get and of course the U.S. outside of Sigris Tom Martell our friend Tom Martell actually won the second WMCQ so the U.S. has at least two big names as well they got and, a Hmm? Who, who's the third one? Uh, they got Neil Oliver, I think. Got uh, oh right, right. Team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like he's been on it multiple times, I think. And whereas, like the other countries don't can't even match uh, this amount of firepower. Basically, like like two platinum pros, like Sean and, and Alex, just How is a huge kickstart. We did poorly. Um, who's I don't know on if that it's, team? Uh, 
man, Sean and Alex, Dan <laughs> Fournier, and Dave Goldfarb. But uh, Goldfarb, eh? That guy's like an anchor on your team. He just thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. In the past, uh, we've had we've had other superstar teams. We've had, I believe, um, I forget who was on the Lucas Seau team. Was it Alex as well? I, I forget. But we we had a bunch of superstar teams. Uh, none of them has ever won the whole thing. Um, but they were all pretty good, and a lot of them, like some of them, were, had terrible sealed luck. Um, the the one that, that that had the least firepower is probably the one John Stern uh, won. Um, there was Andy Football Peters as one of the representative, but the other two, though I know who uh, Devin Giles is, most people in Canada don't know. And, and then the last guy, I don't even remember his name. So, but uh, with these two platinum pros, there's definitely a decent chance. Um, there's always obviously criticism of Sean McLaren as to whether he's a team player, and maybe that that what that's what hurts the team in his team format because he's too much of a lone wolf but you know having not directly worked with him i'm not gonna comment on that either uh because like just talking with him uh, he's a joy to talk to yeah he seems like uh, he'd be a super team player maybe he's just like we have guys like that um when we do team drafts we have a, a, a friend like that where he like he's like done building his deck and play testing and doesn't give a shit about your deck every time we play with him like he's already done and it's just right. he, like he, he's very efficient he wants to like. He wants to see if like the third three drop is better than that like you know whatever like the four drop removal spell or like he just he just he wants to get it done and then play test and then make the decision, see how the curve goes, like see if he needs to play that eighteenth land. So it's not necessarily he's not a team player. It's, it's very different. Where like a lot of people I find in team scenarios, they rely heavily. It's almost it's this weird like uh, I don't know what the word, phenomenon word would it be but it's like i'm a, a capable player but then when i'm on a team all of a sudden i like second guess like every fucking decision i have to make and i'm always like jeremy what do you think of this jeremy jeremy kyt kyt like should i just should i just doomblade his guy should i and you're like obviously you just fucking doomblade it like what is wrong with you like you're, you're you have lethal on board if he has no blockers just kill his guy and i'm like oh okay right 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 you know so he could just be the exact opposite of that, where he's just like so focused and so, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also that guy. If, if there's like, uh, I've, I've been that guy before, where I just ask Alex when he's in the team trios for his opinion all the time. Um, so, but like all my personal interactions with Sean have been positive. Uh, so I would have loved to be on this team. Um, I ultimately um, sleeved up abs and aggro. Uh, the mana confluence, the all-in strategy. Um, ultimately, it was a, an eight-round tournament. Started things off really well, eight four uh, zero. And uh, my testing, my absent aggro testing online, I, I've been winning a lot with it. I mean, there's the usual criticism of it, uh, but it's from people who you know haven't played the deck and don't understand that the the benefits just outweigh the cost. Sometimes, like they're like, "Oh man, you're playing four mana confluence. Have fun killing yourself in a tournament." I mean. The boss has tournament results to prove it. He he's been to the finals of a WMCQ. He's been killing the SCG circuit. It's not a deck that you know. It sure it has that weakness, but uh, behind that, when it is able to have its brilliant starts, there's no deck that can stop it almost. And uh, when I when I was on my four old run, I felt that way. I then lost to uh, David Laskar, who who ended up making top eight. Uh, it was sort of like the absent aggro mirror, and I think I've been losing against that a bit. I think it's a sort of 
slightly bad matchup if you don't have the right start because they play Den Protector and the boss version does not. So if the game extends anywhere into the mid-rounds, you're at a bit of disadvantage because they're just 2 for one you. So eventually, the fact that they're a slightly slower and more mid-rangey than you gives them that slight edge. But then there are those uh, games where, like, it went to game three because there are those games where they don't have the right combination of creatures and removal spells to, to stop my curve and, like, flee spring to Anafenza into, like, Siege Rhino, and, and if they don't have the right removal spell, they're going to die. So I end up losing to him, but I win uh, game round six to go 5-1 against a green-red devotion player who just, like, was very salty because he just couldn't uh, hit an, an important land drop. Um, and uh, I was, I actually, that reminds me, I was fortunate to win my round two or three against a green-red devotion player who was able, like, I got rid of his two, first two Whisperwood Elementals, but ultimately he had Whisperwood Elemental 3 and 4 out, and I couldn't stop it. He, he slowed down my entire army. He was down to, like, 3 life, so I either needed to, I needed to top deck a Siege Rhino to have a chance to win that game, because he was just extending his board. He was just saying, go, go, and then eventually he would hit Hornet Queen, and he would flip up an Atarka, and my absent aggro deck, I, I can't really deal with flyers. So all he had to do was just, like, I guess attack with all his flyers and then kill me in two turns. But he decided to attack me with everything. And even though he was making Whisperwood Elementals uh, manifest, like, to a turn, like, my turn, I was constantly... I still had enough gas to play, like, two Rakshasa dealers a turn or, or a Fleece Main and, and a Warden of the First Tree. So I still was playing, I was still playing two guys a turn. So he, it wasn't like he was outnumbering me significantly. So it was one of those scenarios where he swung with everything. I blocked enough to survive and I killed him on a crackback in a game that, in a game three that he had absolutely locked uh, had he just attacked with flyers. And, and um, I mean, my, I still had the Siege Rhino out, but uh, it goes to show you that like, Sometimes, like, I even felt like scooping at some point because, like, there was no way. I knew there was no way for me to win um, unless he did a monumental mistake. So I go, I go to 5-1. I um, then, with two rounds to go, I'm in a win and an in because my tiebreakers are really good having only lost uh, in the later rounds and having only played against uh, people who were actually in contention, um, people who, like, went on to win. So I would face a heroic deck, and I made... An embarrassing mistake, Jeremy. Oh, yeah? And a mistake that, uh, yeah, I really regret. I just, I guess I haven't played Heroic enough, but I made the embarrassing, it's like, but I have to be able to, to be, to improve, I have to be able to tell people how stupid and bad I am. No, and, no, you don't uh, have to tell people how stupid and bad you are, but you have to admit to your mistakes and you yeah, have it's to, like confession. to own them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you don't have to be like, I'm stupid and bad, hur, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's not cool. Nobody wants that. So, yeah, yeah. I made the typical where, like, I used the Jomoka's command and made him, give him the, gave him the option to sack an ordeal, which still allows him to draw cards if it's a blue one. So that was really bad. Oh, yes, yes, oh, because, yes, yes, yes. Because it says, like, when you sack it. Right. Yeah. So... Having not played against, I can only blame it on not a not reading the cards yeah, the again RTFC, and autopiloting. Yeah. RTFC autopiloting, 
because I assumed how a card worked, and B, obviously not having played Heroic myself or against it enough to see that interaction happen a lot. Because it, like these interactions happen to the best of players, like when I was playing against Dan Lantier, very known, successful player, a Canadian player. Uh, I beat him in round three where he was playing a blue-red artifacts, and he had, more, like, just for a split second, like, he knew the interaction. He just forgot for that split moment that I had an Anafenza, and Anafenza completely neuters Hangerback Walker when it's in play. Basically, when Hangerback dies, it goes into exile, and it does not shit out tokens. Right. That became very significant, and I made that mistake from the other side online, and that's why I don't make it anymore in real life, and I've caught other people making it while playing online. And then I caught Dan making the same mistake in his combat math calculations. So, like, you know, even the best make these mistakes. But when I made them in a win-and-in situation, um, in a game that I otherwise probably would have won based on, like, I would have just played something else, like a bigger creature instead of tapping out, basically, for some to to make my opponent draw two fucking cards. um, That's what ate up by me. That's why I was depressed and, like, really beat up on myself because... I just gave away my my slot on Team Canada just like that. But like, I worked so hard to to play pretty good up to that point, and I just punted it all away. So uh, that felt terrible. And then I ended up losing my last round to the Elf Rally deck, which which I don't think is even that great. But uh, it's it's quite good against Abzan Aggro uh, because it. It has all these ground chumpers, and basically what I would need to draw is the cyborg, like three copies of Herald of Torment, to go over the Wayfinders, the Visionaries, all the crap elf tokens, to be able to win in the air. And uh, he was able to, you know, draw rally, uh, top deck two rallies in a row to beat me, and and went went down to five three, finished twenty fifth, which is still pretty good. Um, if, if, if doing pretty good was my goal and, and it was good enough for like nine packs or whatever, but I was really down myself. But one of my good friends, Justin Richardson, uh, was playing a more traditional version of Abzan Agro, May Top 8. And uh, I had another friend, Xavier Allegrucci, also May Top 8, a, a, a huge fan of the show, loves the Namsung Wook uh, name drops. And, what are you uh, talking about? We don't name drop Namsung Wook. Yeah. <laughs> Namsung Wook sucks. Eve McCray now. <laughs> And uh, Dan Lante, even though after he lost to me, ended up uh, going undefeated in the Swiss. So he also made top eight. Um, another friend, John Watson, made made top eight. So like like I said, I had half, 50% of my friends making top eight. So there was a good chance I was going to be happy. And But Justin was the one I wanted to uh, win the most just because of our history and the fact that... Um, I know we've worked together in the past, and I don't know. It just seemed I, I was just rooting for him. Uh, um, when I first started getting into real competitive magic, him and Alex were like the two guys I considered the best constructive players in Montreal. Yeah, and uh, for him to finally hit a result, a significant result like this, I uh, was very proud of him. Of course, I also wanted to to cheer for for my boy Xavier. You know, uh, an amazing kid. Um, but uh, my heart was was definitely with with Justin for for this one time, and uh, it was sad to hear that that Justin ultimately beat Xavier in the semifinals. But uh, sometimes, uh, well, when there's eight people left in a single elimination, that that happens. 
Right. And and at this point, I think I think Justin is just one of the best players, constructed wise at least, one of the best players of that top eight outside of, of Dan. Obviously less decorated than Dan, but I think uh, if he put his mind to it, he could be every bit as good as Dan. So I was definitely rooted for him. And um, he just, like, when he plays, he has this... Um, he doesn't look... There's these people who just don't never look nervous or, or think that you're never nervous for them. Yeah. Because you know that they're not going to lose because of nerves. And that's, I mean, that's a, an interesting, like a very important attribute, actually. Like I'm confident, like he's someone I'm confident in picking and having that person like go to battle. Like I don't have, it's like you go attack that side of the field because I don't have to fucking worry about it. Like, you can take care of that. So uh, that's what I've always... He had this aura of calmness, and hopefully he can bring that to to the World Magic Cup, and I think that uh, they're going to be very successful with him. And he's also a team player, so he's probably going to listen to whatever Sean and Alex uh, want, them to do, want him to do. And I'm excited for this team. And yeah, hopefully I... If, I have to wait until next year, but whatever, man. I'll I'll just focus on other goals, like making it to the pro tour a third fucking time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, get, get sober. <laughs> um, but now, like the format's basically dead. There's nothing to really talk about when it comes to these standard decks. Um, I I really like the Bosses list. It gave me a shot, and that sometimes that's all you really want to, because there's a number of decks that you shouldn't play because they give you zero shot of actually winning the whole thing. The bosses deck definitely gave me enough of a win percentage to go all the way. I made mistakes. Uh, it was all to me that I couldn't get there, so I have no regrets in my deck choice. And uh, all I could have done is practice more. So that was my magic weekend. And you know, with, with the the event being a two day event, the WMCQ happening this specific weekend, I think it overshadowed um, something else that was also happening. Something like that was supposed to be big in the magic community uh that what was that you know i i don't know i i didn't have a chance to follow it at all i think jay sort of like mentioned it pre-show a bit but i actually had no oh, clue yeah that this had happened um the community yeah, cup I happened a single person fucking talk about it. yeah yeah same thing all i know is that they opened an expedition like one of the the, the crazy hollow mountains yeah. yeah and that they were drafting Battle for Zendikar, and that's how they opened it. But that's all I heard. I don't know. Did the community team win? Did the Wizards team win? Like I, I who was nothing. even on the team? Like, ugh. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Kenji, like, you, you the Magic, cared. the Amateuring people. Like there was good people. It was a decent team. Like it was. It was a good team, and I remember when the team was announced. There was a lot of people complaining that like nobody had any input on the team, so they didn't feel like it was the community's team. Um, but for whatever reason, like it just, it kind of just went right under the radar for me. And I know I was home this weekend, so that's kind of a big deal. Like I, I tried to spend a lot of time with family this weekend and I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff around the house, but I just really like, it was completely off the radar. It just, it coasted right under for me. So. Yeah. For me, th- this type of stuff was never for me. Cause I don't even watch str- streams that often anyways. Cause I'm not entered necessarily by I, I just love playing too much myself to justify like watching someone play instead okay and and um like sometimes i'll watch scotty to have a good time or, or when you're you're in the chat as well 
uh, Jared, that, that adds to the entertainment value. Um, but uh, there's no real incentive for me to watch, uh, you know, people that I, I barely know play, you know, these these formats. I, I just don't. Um, um, yeah. As far as like just, watching, my watching has really changed kind of gears. Like I, I've gone back to more watching like SCG vids and stuff like that, where it's like really, really quick run through. I don't have to like sit and go through the dull time or anything like that. And my big reason for watching before was related to the fact that I didn't have the time to commit to an eight man or a daily. Or what do you like, mean by SCG videos? The premium stuff they're yeah, putting yeah, out, yeah, or like, like the, the live? Okay, yeah, the premium stuff, like just essentially okay. like Channel Fireball, uh, SCG, like just like the their their video content for constructed decks. Like I, I like watching that. I don't usually watch drafting, um, but it was getting to the point where I just could not really afford to spend enough time to play a proper Magic tournament. Two mans were just the worst because the people who were playing two men they don't actually want to win because they play like just hot garbage decks uh, for the most part. So that's where like things are changing for me now because we have leagues. So I can jam some league time now, which is like a big benefit to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how they would make that. I don't know what the the stats are even on, on people watching this. I, I mean, I checked it out last time because Scott was there. I mean, that's the only reason, and and um, outside of that, it has to be I don't know, but I never watched I, I never watched coverage that much to begin with, unless it's like a very high level event. So I'm I'm clearly not the the audience, so I can't really comment on on how could they could just make it more entertaining or or, or I, I, don't I don't know. know. Like that that might be a big thing. Also, is that I just wasn't watching a lot. Like. It just comes down to the point that my my entertainment time is becoming divided so much, and like that that's the aspect. Like I can play leagues now, so I'll do that. I was at home, so when I did get to play some Magic, I played a draft. I, I jammed a draft with my buddy. Um, I love things like flight sims and stuff like that. So I've been playing the crap out of this game called Elite Dangerous. I've got like the crazy like <laughs> I've got the fucking like throttle stick and like actual like joystick type craziness thing going on for that game so i i just i don't have the time to watch a lot of streams i'll watch like them right before i go to bed like that's you know some people throw on netflix and stuff like that i throw on like an scg stream and fall asleep to that so i don't know but that completely didn't see anything about it i mean did anybody ever comment on it on twitter or jay like in previous years did you feel it was any different like the the community cup you mean yeah. Yeah, like I felt there was some hype where like people would talk to me or even ask me about it or whatever. Like I didn't hear a single I didn't see a single tweet. I didn't hear anything about it on fucking Reddit, which is like hard to get away from. Um like nothing. I didn't hear a shit about it. Which like I don't know if that just means I didn't hear it or see it or if that means that it's getting worse and worse or whatever, but Yeah, I mean last year's different. Maybe it's just like all of Scott's friends, right? That yeah. you also follow. That could be the other yeah. thing is that Scott was, you know, a part of it last year, so our exposure to it was really high. But yeah, really didn't know it was happening. Yeah, Scott campaigned so hard for that shit. <laughs> well, oh man, that was crazy. Yeah, like the SVU man. and the Jobins, he's, like they, they like, all, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's like, but he like that's the thing. Like I found that like Scott and the and the SBU and the Jobins, they're like um they're like a, <laughs> an, an early Southern rap group. <laughs> like you know, remember when like Get Low with Little John and the Ying Yang nope, nope, came out? No, nope. but like the, like all those rap groups where there's like there's just four hundred people on this one rap song, and like even NWA where it's like I didn't realize there was fucking seven people in that group, right? And it's like you know you got one guy and he's the main rapper guy and he's like yo yo yo, and then you got some other guy in the background like Little John who just becomes super famous by just going yeah, okay. And that's what it was like I found last year when, when Scott was on the, like the train for the community conference. Like he is the he's the Dr. Dre or the Snoop Dogg at the front, just like buy my album, it's the best ever. And then everybody in the background is just like, Yeah, okay. Like just over and over and over again. You couldn't get away from it. Like, maybe that's what it was. Maybe last year we just got fucking like chloroformed with it. <laughs> But yeah, this year I didn't hear shit about it at all. Like, zero. I didn't in- even know what happened until someone mentioned it today. And was like, oh yeah, do we want to talk about that on the show? And like, hmm, okay. <laughs> like, do we know, like, yeah. I don't even know. No. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem like a year ago either that, uh, that Gotti was on his or whatever. Time's just flying by. Yeah, last year I think they did it at PAX, which would have put it like, a week earlier. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that was a year ago at all. Not even close. To me, yeah, I, like I, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, whatever. Who knows? Time yeah, is just... Um, full spoiler came out. Yes, it did. I was... Were you guys as underwhelmed as I was? I think it's neat. Neat set. A neat set. Neat set. That's what I'm going with. Neat set. Still in the same mindset of don't want to buy a lot of boxes, but we'll probably buy a lot of boxes. Yeah, like I think that for sure this is not a buy box set. Like yeah. I don't, I wouldn't be buying boxes of this. The only reason I would be buying boxes of this would be for those fucking expeditions. To like just to yeah. get expeditions. But like that's so unreasonable. That's basically playing the lottery. You might as well like the fucking Lotto Max in Canada is sixty million dollars. Just buy fucking tickets to that. Like <laughs> you're gonna, if you're gonna spend six hundred dollars on a case of this, just spend six hundred dollars on two dollar Lotto Max. Yeah. You know, I just imagine some Joe Ben just buying, winning it. Thanks to G Boots, yeah. I am now a multi fucking billionaire. Thank you. And you're like, fuck. Buy fucking Battle for Zendikar packs, but instead, I'm a millionaire now. You changed my life. <laughs> Merci. <laughs> the magic melange. Um, like some of the new Eldrazi, I like that. I, the uncommon Eldrazi they showed, I like. They're pretty powerful. Like they're pretty interesting. I'm like just going through the set to try to find like any fucking cards that were even like good, and I can't really even for limited. Like there's not a lot of there's not a lot a whole lot of cards that caught my eye really. What about you guys? No, nothing really. No, I think I think people are like expecting like the first week of standard to just first to be more of the same. Like the the cards don't seem like they're they're up to snuff compared to the stuff that's been uh, already existing. In fact, yeah. Like, 
I mean, like, and every time something like this comes out, I think we say, like, I say that anyway, like, recently. And I'm always, like, wrong. Like, some piece of shit card always, like, surprises me. Like, oh, this 5-drop 2-2 flyer somehow is a playable card in standard. Okay, like, how could I possibly have fucking figured that out? But, yeah, like, I just, I'm going through it. Not a lot of these cards look like they're fucking going to shake up standard very much. You know? Like, some of the cards that, like, like, some of the blue Devoid cards I like. Like, there's the Ruination Guide that makes your colorless card. This is what me and Jeremy were talking about last week on the show, where we were trying to figure out, like, there's got to be some kind of colorless deck that's going to come out. Maybe not in Standard, but, like, in Limited or whatever. Where, like, this yeah. Devoid matters. Well, and this guy gives I you- have been playing a little bit of the, the beta thing, where there's kind of, like, half drafts. And, like, the Devoid thing is actually kind of interesting in that. Yeah, and, like, so this guy has ingest, so it just means whenever he deals combat damage to you, you mill one, which is, like, yeah. such a bad mechanic. Um, it's actually really, really interesting for the, the limited. For limited, like, it's actually a really kind of cool mechanic. But, like, is it just because there's lots, hopefully lots of ingesters that you can somehow sneak through? Because, like, in previous sets, you wouldn't play cards like that. You wouldn't play, like, that stupid guy that taps to mill one, which is effectively well, better than this. Yeah, so with the ingesters, what you find is that the ingesters are on all your early bears. Ah. So, like, your early drops all have, like, these little ingester dorks. And then all of your middle to, like, end drops do something with cards that are exiled, and you put them into the graveyard. So you don't care so much about milling them out. You care more about setting it up. Yeah, like, honestly, the ingest is not milling them. What it's doing is, what's most important to you is not the fact that they're taking a card off the top of their library. What's most important is the fact that they're exiling a card. And then you use those as, as ways to make your ingest creatures better, to do better things. Oh, okay. See, like, if this was me, like, what I would have done with this set, if I was going to put ingest in here, is I would have also made scry a mechanic in my set. Because I would want my ingest to interact with scry somehow. Because nothing interacts with scry, right? Yeah. If you're, you're scrying, there's nothing. I can't stop you at all, ever. You know? So it'd be interesting because you'd have to you'd have to choose whether or not you want to scry things. Like it makes your scrying like um more valuable, right? And then like these guys affect the scrying, so then like you can't just scry your way out of stuff. They kind of give you like there's more decisions, right? And then like you could even do mind tricks where you like scry stuff to the top that you want them to exile because you have some other card that does something with an exile, you know what I mean? Um yeah. but just like that's what I would have done. I would have done something that interacts with it more than just like it being its own self-contained like you are milling them for your own gain only and only if you hit that card and only like, you know and then like some of these cards feel really underpowered to me like there's the oracle of dust who's a five mana three five for devoid blue um and it just two and you have to give an opponent back a card from exile and then you you loot yeah, but it's not giving them back. It usually puts it into their graveyard. Or, yeah, I guess it puts it in their graveyard. Yeah, yeah so that's what that's what the effect is. Like, you ingest to do those types of things. Yeah, that just seems like a super weak mechanic, like, ability to me. Well, that guy's super like, weak. Yeah, like, versus, like, a, like, some of the other more powerful ones that are, like, return two cards to fucking, I don't know, come on your opponent's face. Like, what is this? Like, to gain, like, five life. Like, in Limited, gaining 5 life, and this guy's a 7-8, you know? Or, like, this one is, you can put 2 back, and this 5-5 five, five for 6 comes in as a 9-9. Nine, nine. 
Like, that's way more powerful than, like, this looter who is, like, a really unreliable looter. Like, that's a feel-bad situation for me. But, you know... I, I, I just, like, I just, I just want to make sure that we're not talking about, like, complaining that some magic cards are better than others. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I, it, like the mechanic... I would have just tried... I think I would have just tried to make the mechanic, like... I feel like they nerfed it. Like, I feel like they kind of tried to hold back on it so that it wasn't, like, Annihilator because they're very, sh- like, hot stove effect from Annihilator. Um, mm. Which I didn't I didn't really... I didn't get that from people. and that, So that's just my stats from my experience. But I didn't have a whole lot of complaining about Annihilator in my experience. So I didn't actually realize until the spoilers started coming out with Devoid and Ingest, and then we talked about it on the show, and you guys said that people hated it. So I just feel like this is, like, this could have been... Um, I don't know, more fun if they would have made, like, even, like, the other guy, like, has scry. Or you can scry, or you could somehow ingest your own cards, or, you know, there was a guy that tapped to ingest the top card of both libraries or something, you know, like, I just feel like there was a little bit more design space they could have worked with. Although, you know, this is a, what, two-step block? Every block is a two-step map? Well, hey, maybe the viewers or listeners should just fucking Google that. Because I don't want to get into that shit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, some people get a little fucking sensitive out there, so... Yeah, I'll I... will just let like, them figure that, that out. That's the first time in a very long time that a comment made me angry enough to, like, not reply. <laughs> like, normally when someone says, like, Jay, you fucking suck, why are you on the show? I'm not like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, I'm like, oh, like, that's... Like, I should do better, like... I owe it to the, <laughs> I should do I feel, like I owe it to the listeners to like fucking I don't know do better at this show that they're not paying me any money for um and complaining about. So like that that's where like that guy kind of came through for us because it's like we should just put a disclaimer saying like we will say shit that may be wrong but don't worry someone <laughs> in the comments will call us a fucking retard yeah, for it. Like update we are just speculating about things that are happening. We are not all knowing beings. Just in case you didn't know that. What a chump. You know what I do like? I like this fucking Tide Drifter. This card is going to be super fucking annoying in draft. It's an 05 for 2 fucking mana, and all your other colorless guys get plus 0 plus 1. Yeah. This is a fucking super unbearable wall. And actually, uh. in standard, I might play the fucking wall deck. How does Abzan deal with that? Bitch. <laughs> Have you seen that deck, KYT? I'm sure you're just not even going to pay attention, but... Assaultformation.deck. No. Yeah, is it... Is that yep. what the card is called? Assault Formation? Yeah, it's like Sultai Walls. Yeah, like, make your walls attack. Like, yeah, it gives... It's, it's, it's the enchantment that gives Doran. Yeah, it's Doran. So, like, your 5 2-drop becomes a 5-5 2-drop. Say what? Yeah, get fucked, Abzan! Yeah. Get fucked. You know what gets around, uh... You know what gets around Languish? Tide Drifter. Yeah. How do you deal? Yeah, there you go. How do you deal with that? Yeah, KYT is definitely not listening. KYT left that comment from last week. Yeah, I did. Actual KYT. (laughs) But yeah, so like, I don't know. There's not a whole lot on this. Uh, You guys can maybe, if there's more that stood out to you for your, uh, for your spoiler but uh, not a whole lot on the spoiler that i was really yeah what i'm going to say is that i think the limited is going to be a lot of fun and i think that ingest is actually going to be really cool i'm going to go saying the opposite i think that the ingest and using the cards is going to be yeah. really really fun uh what i think the big thing that it does 
is that it it segregates the the deck building. Mm-hmm. You can't just take like because what it does is it turns like the FTK, like all the the come into play effect creatures. Yeah, you can't just splash them into your deck and expect to get value out of them. You actually have to build towards them. So right. it's going to kind of push people. It's going to push people into the allies plan. It's going to push people into the ingest plan. It's going to push right, people right. all these different spots. Right. Okay. So less yeah. good stuff, more archetype. More archetype. Yep. And especially when you have like a set like it just this set feels like it's going to be very multicolored without having the lands to support it. Yeah. So, like again, I was thinking. I remember when we were talking last about this. I thought we were going to get like another cycle of like shitty coming to play tap lands or something like that that would kind of give us a little bit of splashing capability. But yeah, like it like seems the like it's trilands or something like just or like or those Sajiri like what were they? They were the fucking like you gained a life when they came into play or something? Yeah, but, something along what, those lines, like something what, like that. Yeah, what were they called? They were called uh um Fuck Refuges? I don't yeah. know. Just give us guild gates. Give us Zendikar gates, more gates. Yeah, more Gates. Jace is here. Like, uh, what gates. Do you like from the spoiler, KYT. Alright, I'm not that excited, to be honest. So Is there any cards that you think are gonna hit? Like a constructed format. Outside of the like, the only thing I love the most are, are basically the lands, right. are what get me get my boner up a, a little. But uh, hashtag boner. Yeah, half a boner. Hashtag half boner. But other than that, you I know mean... what card I actually think is going to be like is I really liked for design, and I think it's going to be kind of cool is the Halimar Tidecaster or Caller. So when it enters the battlefield, you can return a card with Awaken from the graveyard to your hand. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then lands you control have flying. Or, sorry, land mm-hmm. creatures you control have flying. Like, that seems like it's going to be really powerful. You know, like, even just your man land, just getting a free extra ability, like, that's pretty good. And this is well, a 2-3 three, It's a 2-3 three for 3. Like, that's already a good stat on a creature. It's like, well, what cards are we getting back that's actually, like, important? Like, that guy. Are, like the counter yeah. spell is the only thing I can really think well, of. Well, there's removal stuff. The thing, the, the, what I look at this like is very similar to like Chainer's Edict, right? Where like Chainer's Edict is a two mana, you stack a guy, but for seven you can flash it back. I feel like that's when like this guy is going to be like really good. Is is something where you you play like a counter spell without awaken, uh, just early to counter like a threat that you have to, or like a minus two minus two that you have to kill, or something to that effect. And then you, like, just use this as, like, a Snapcaster Mage down the road with, like, extra value that you could actually pay the kicker on or something now, right? Hmm. It's like you have, like, him comboed up with Clutch Occurrence. Yeah. So it's like you bounce him back to your hand and make a creature, and then you cast him again, and you get back to Clutch Occurrence, and then you bounce him back to your hand. Like, that's a limited combo in itself. Yeah, right there. Holy yeah. fucking shit. Clutch Occurrence and that dirt, that dirtle. Yeah. Fucking Rekata. Three, three What's fire. Clutch? Clutch Occurrence is a sorcery speed on summon. Yeah, sorcery speed on summon, but it has Awaken for five. So if you pay five instead of one, you get a 3-3 three, three land. Or you make, a, you make a land a 3-3. Three, three. So you bounce him to get your fucking Clutch Occurrence back, make a 3-3 three, three land, play him, get it back, your land has flying, crack for three, bounce him again, get it back, make a 3-3 three, three land. Fucking get wrecked. Oh my god. Jeremy Schofield coming out with the big gun. Yeah, two card combos, boys. Yep. 
Yeah, but like that's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna fucking oh, do yeah. that. How do you stop yeah. that? Like you have you have to have the counter spell to stop that. Like or well, you the, five mana, the five mana removal spell. Like the uh, the the unsummon is a sorcery, so I guess it's, it's true. yeah. You it's not like mana. it's very difficult to sneak past. No, you just have to have ten mana for your your fucking doomblade. Hmm. But I like, that's that's cool. Like that's that's like a that's that's not as powerful as like Maloku, but it's very close. And it's not as powerful as like Invisible Stalker Cleaver. But like that's like that was a two card combo that was you know common. I would say that that's still just like a good strong yeah. limited combo. Yeah, like I would play those cards anyway, right? And then if you can go off, like fuck, man, I'm gonna look for that at the pre-release, and I'm gonna fucking fuck someone with it, and they're gonna be so mad. Ha ha ha. I mean. <laughs> also, can, I, can I say that this is the best art, in my opinion, for evolving wild? Uh, let me see. Yeah, the tide call is actually interesting. If it, if I played it in a deck with like Nissa World Waker, all my four fours are flying. Beach. Yeah. Oh man, see there you go, KYT. You finally figured out the card that will be used in. <laughs> no, the no, Nissa, no. Nissa World Waker, blue green with Kiora. Oh. Nope. No, not even close. Not even close. Oh, speaking of not even close, I think I said last week that the Game of Thrones set finished. Did I say that? No. Oh, fuck. No, finally finished. So. Finally finished the Game of Thrones set. Finally finished that shit. And uh, cut up all the cut up all the uh, the cards, and um, we're ready to play test soon. Except for that, I'm moving, so we'll probably just never, probably just never play this set. Never play it. Yeah, probably never. Play it. So you know, you know. But uh, but yeah, so it's done. Uh, I somehow missed the card, so that's kind of annoying. I'm supposed to have 264 cards. I have 263. I don't know how that happened. But, uh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to play fucking Game of Thrones. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm going to send that out soon for the people that are asking. Um, once I kind of get it... Like, once I get to play it once, then I will put it online for you all to download and play. All right? Okay. All right. Alrighty. Also, uh, in other segue news, have you guys have you guys seen Conley Woods and Tom Martell recently? Tom Martell did his thing, but they don't look like fucking this. They don't look like what they look like at all. Like Conley Woods lost like a hundred million pounds. He looks great. And Tom Martell, Tom Martell, I don't know what really what Tom Martell ever looked like, but. He looks really great in a suit, all dolled up and dressed up. See, I'm on Facebook for the first time in like a year, so this is all new to me. Yeah, holy shit, Conley looks fucking different. Doesn't he ever? I didn't even recognize him. Who the fuck is that guy? Holy shit. Good for him, he looks uh, fucking amazing, but yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem to play Magic that much anymore, too. No, he's out. I don't know about that, but... Uh... Yeah, I think he still works for that gaming company, aren't they? What, what are they doing? 
Were they the guys who were doing the uh, the uh, card game version of Elder Scrolls? What? Or was that Kibler? Or is it both? I don't know. I think it's them. I think it's... I think it is, it's... too. I really don't know. Again, if you want to know, Google it. I don't want to hear anything in the fucking comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the salt. NACL has joined us. Yes. Bitter X, the most bitter substance on Earth. <laughs> you're a, we, you're, we should call you fucking Jeremy Warhead Schofield. Fuck. What? Remember those? You don't remember those candies? The Warhead candies? That would like. Oh, okay. So sour, they would like suck your face in. Google it. I don't want to be Google wrong. it. <laughs> fucking Google it. Yeah. Oh man, so in uh in local Calgary news, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh formerly, I guess, Trilogy Games which shut down. I've never had uh or heard of a brick and mortar store shutting down. So, yeah. They were very supportive well, of the show. We have it happened in Edmonton pretty often, but Oh yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it happens were... in Edmonton, but like it's never any of the good stores and like no. Trilogy, like the one thing like you you obviously have a way different opinion because you lived in Calgary, but like as somebody who didn't live in Calgary but was still in the same scope, the one thing I liked about Trilogy is that they always fucking tried it. Yeah. You know, like they they were they, they were, did the They're very positive. They were never afraid to try anything. Like that might have yeah. been their downfall, I don't know. But like, like they, they were did never the afraid to try something. Yeah, they did the SCG shit, like all of like the the game nights type stuff yeah. or whatever, like the the IQs and stuff. Like they ran that kind of stuff. Uh, they always like were trying to get involved into the bigger tournaments. Like they always try. They put their best foot forward. I, I don't know what the story is down there. If people just didn't go there and buy things, or if they're in an expensive neighborhood, or what the case may be, or maybe the owner smoked crack. I don't know. Um, he seemed like a nice so. <laughs> Total speculation yeah, again. If you want to know, Un- Google unfounded it. Speculation. <laughs> unfounded. Like all I know is that it seemed like they were doing really well, and then <laughs> and they didn't. And that always sucks. See, whereas yeah. in like Edmonton, we have like people who like were terrible, and they shut down because they were terrible, and that makes sense. So the only time like a good store kind of shut down out of nowhere was when like. The owner literally disappeared in Mexico. So, what the fuck? Yeah, we used to have like uh, I think it was an L two judge who ran a store called Gamers Lair, and him and his family went down to Mexico. And one night he went out for a drink or something like that, and he never came home. And they couldn't find a body or anything like that. His wife was left like with this store that she knew nothing about, and take care of the kids by herself and. The community came together and like they had like big auctions for a bunch of his stuff and everybody kinda like chipped in and everything like that. And I don't know whatever happened, but the store shut down and like that was it. So That's fuck. Yeah, it was really, really terrible. Oh my god. Yeah, because he was like he was like solid dude. Alright, mm. well there you go. Yeah. Leave it up to fucking Jeremy to make it super depressing. Yeah, yeah, like maximum depressing. Again, you want more information? Check Google because. <laughs> I... Oh my god! <laughs> god, don't take our fucking word for it. God forbid. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you don't know shit. Fucking Google it. 
It's it's interesting to read uh, this part for me where he go uh, where Chris Weber, yeah, uh, the owner, old yeah. owner, says to the community at large, because can continue to support gaming, Calgary, and your favorite local game shops. Remember that they rely on you and your business, and that we actually care. Take time to go to that event and maybe spend the extra five dollars on a box instead of buying it online. Yeah, suck it face to face. So I want shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. Like. No, I wonder. He actually meant to say whatever. You, just don't fucking buy a KYT. <laughs> no, I do wonder if it's like, um, if that's that's the way you have to go to survive. I wonder if it online. Like I was, um, one of my friends, uh, Eric Seltzer, locally. He just opened a store downtown called Three Kings Loot on St. Catherine Street, which is. Um, I think unheard of, actually. Um, other people have tried, maybe with a comic book store, but no one has, has really opened. Try to have a magic location downtown because it's super expensive. Uh, but they let me know that uh, what's sustaining, what is allowing them to pay for the rent is their uh, su- success. I don't know how successful, but their successful online business. So I'm wondering if this is just like a transition where, um, you know, just like how places like Blockbuster phases out, if like these brick and mortar magic, like that only have a real life presence, um, cannot compete with with other stores that actually have an online presence as well. So that that's actually somewhat curious for me. Yeah. So a big store that a lot of people know the name of is Card. Right. So. We went there and we asked him, like, this this is wild. Like, are you guys doing great? And the guy's like, honestly, the brick and mortar just it vomits money. It's just funneling money out. Like, this is our place to hang out. We make some money. This gives us a presence. It looks really cool. We can do stuff. We need to have space anyways to run the online business. So we do this with it. But really, it just vomits money for us. Like, the online supports the brick and mortar. And it, it's really interesting because, like, I think the stores that do really well with the brick and mortar, they have to kind of play the game in the brick and mortar side. Like the store that I usually go to, uh, Warp 2, I've asked them, why don't they get online? Why don't they start doing that stuff? Like there's really easy ways to get into it. Crystal Commerce pretty much does it for everybody, and it's not too hard to get into. Like why don't you just do it? And they're honestly, we can't compete with the online guys who are hardcore online. They feel like they can't ship the boxes the same way you guys can. So I think that that's like really, really wild. Um, I don't buy boxes online. Um, I will use the price of boxes online to try and negotiate with brick and mortar stores. I will say like, you know, like this is what I want to do. Can you meet me somewhere on it? Um, but I still strictly believe that you should try and buy your boxes from the brick and mortar and get your singles online. That That's the way that I like to go about it. Now, if you don't have a brick and mortar nearby or your brick and mortar deserves to be shut down, then buy your boxes online. Mm. And what what your uh, what the people at Warp Two said? I, I wonder if that's just a uh, an assumption, um, because like these guys, like they didn't this Three Kings loot. It's not even that well known. I, I bet you guys have never heard of them, and they're just local guys that you know decided at one point just opened a bunch of product, cracked, bo- found, tried to find find not even from like distributors themselves. I think they they just try to find the cheapest boxes, basically cracked all the product and. That's how they started, started selling singles, and they're able to, um, I imagine they have to be profitable with their online business, which means 
that there was still enough demand out there, even like from the store that I feel like most Canadians don't have never heard of. Yeah, and like that's the, I think I think there's a little bit like overly cautious about it. I know that the owner is 100% against it and mm-hmm. he's tough to com- uh, convince on that kind of stuff. But there is a certain aspect where it's like I do know that the guys they have like their highest level wizards thing that they can get. Like they're again one of the big stores. They've done like regional PTQs, like they've they've had the WMCQs like they're they're a, a somewhat of like a, a known quantity out west. Uh and they have like all the Canadian distributors, they wizards, they get as many boxes. They just order, give me everything you got. And they're still short on boxes when it comes right. to like the first like month of the set being out. Like there's it still can be difficult to get boxes. So mm-hmm. like that's why like they bring in foreign everything they can because they need the English boxes to go to the people who don't care about foreign stuff. Like that's why I can get my Korean boxes is the same price as the English boxes. Not because like they, they, they can't afford to put a premium on the Korean boxes because they need to sell me a box and they just don't have enough English boxes for everybody. So that, that's kind of where they're at. Like for whatever reason, without going online, like they sell a crap ton of boxes and we have tons of stores in Edmonton, but still like Alberta buys a lot of magic. I think. Yeah, I think that's just a, a thing. We have tons of disposable income. We have a lot of people who are here to work and make shit tons of money. I don't know if it's true anymore, but there was a, a little while ago there was a stat where um, Alberta had like the highest per capita of disposable income. No, oh, no, Magic Player. Oh, I, I, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't Google be surprised. It, yeah, yeah, Google that shit. Yeah, don't fucking trust us. Google it. I want a very, very skeptical fucking group of Jobins listening to the 18 podcast. I want fact checks. We need to have yeah. like a new, like, like, uh, what do you call that? Like a themed uh, listener or something like that. We had like awesome guy who was like fucking like transcribing, like doing like detailed time stamping of like what we were talking about and shit like that in the comments. That was awesome. Now we need to have like the actual like 18 fact checker account. Yeah. Oh shit, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Speaking of ridiculous Jobin, I have to give a shout out to Caleb uh Haldane. 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 Whatever your name is. Um I tweeted about the new Star Wars stuff that they were selling at Gen Con and this motherfucker just uh bought some and sent it to me. I don't know how he got my address. Um, oh, was he just like casually there like Oh, I'm at Gen Con, so I'm just going to buy all this shit. And then he just Googled your address and sent yeah. it to you. Obviously, that's, he fact-checked it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh... He's... yeah. Actually, so... you know what? I would actually Google Jay's story and just make sure that the facts are right on that. Like, I'm sure you can find a fucking Twitter exchange or something like that on Google. <laughs> just to make yeah. sure that he's fucking telling it right. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you. <laughs> uh, shout out. What else we got on the magic melange? What are we gonna mix up in our little gato of magic? Uh, gato de magic. Um, I need to since we have leagues and there's standard leagues, and I don't know shit all about magic. Um, obviously, I just need to uh, I need to get a standard deck and figure out what I'm gonna play. So I guess wait for an event to come up and. 
I, I already was playing goblins, which was mono red with fucking habit of care keep. Yeah, I went in my last league. I went four one, but the one nice. was my buddy Nick played because oh. he's he's garbage. Because um, I was playing Elite Dangerous because the game is so freaking awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elite. What is that? Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous. What is it? It is like a space thing where it's like you build a ship or you buy a ship and you fly around in the galaxy. I, I don't know if anybody, again, Google this shit. Uh, I don't know if anybody's actually mapped out in the entire galaxy in the game. Like you can just fucking go for fucking days. Like it has oh, I see. hundreds of thousands of systems and shit like that. So, right. um, but it's got like a big like trading aspect and mining and piracy and all kinds of like, uh, building up faction rep and all this kind of shit. Sweet. Yeah, and it's just like really, really like well put together, really, really cool space sim type game. So, if you like Wing Commander type shit like that, but like where you could just like buy a ship and fly around and buy all this shit and like oh, I'm gonna sell tobacco to these people, but it's illegal here and the cops might scam me and I gotta go land in these space stations and do all this shit. kind of crazy. It's pretty badass. Yeah. What about you, KYT? You play any video games anymore? You used to. I used to. I, I, I always try to get back in. I'm, I'm, I actually believe in the philosophy that playing different video games help train different parts of your brain, but uh, I haven't found the time. I mean, I, I tried to uh, Diablo 3, I sometimes go back to it, but uh, the last one that I really got myself into was, was some of the Batman series on the PlayStation, and not only find time to play, I guess, on my phone, I've bought and downloaded uh, the souped-up version of Final Fantasy IV. And that's on the phone. On my phone, it actually runs really well. And uh, the first time I played this game was ages ago. I don't even remember the story. And, and to, to play it again, and it's it's actually a real treat uh, to be able to play this on the phone, on the go. And uh, that's about it. But I do want to get back into sports games, especially uh, with NHL 16 that just came out. Uh, that's that's been my passion, and just now I, I feel like more so than in high school, a lot of trash talking about people wanting to you know have a little local tournament. Um, that would be awesome if I could get remotely decent in that game to be able to like have a chance. I want to get back into that as well. Sorry, like that NHL. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty badass. I used to play, play those fucking games super hardcore. I think oh, yeah, it's been about two too. years out. Yeah, me too. Now all I do is play it for beers. We just play alcohol hockey. <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter Five. Um, I'm really excited for that to come out. Um, this Elite Dangerous thing. I really want XCOM Two to come out, and I am really looking forward to the new Fallout game. And that's all I really fucking care about for video games. So nice. Oh, you know what? Did we talk about how we all got totally fucked on New York? Yeah, what the fuck? Fucking fuck. What about I got my wife to like bullshit. say that she wanted to go to like a cool tournament yep, and I'm like me too. Oh, it's actually in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yep, me too. And my wife was like, New Jersey? What the fuck? Yeah. I'm not going to that. Great. Yeah. Fuck and me. I was supposed to like go on the way to Portugal, so now I'm like looking like maybe I'll just hit up a European GP instead. Yeah. Like, soon it'll be, oh, look Whoa. at the GP Kyoto uh, with the host city of Seattle. Yes. <laughs> like. 
you know. Yeah, I thought that was shit. <laughs> shit. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to Magic Melange, episode uh, mm. uh, uh. I am your host, Jay Bush. Uh, Jeremy Sculpa <laughs> died, so we don't have to give an outro. No, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I love you all, <laughs> just in case I don't come back. Um, also, just Google everything. Don't listen to our show. Just yeah. Google it instead, because then you won't be mad that we said something potentially wrong. <laughs> and and uh and don't add KYT as a friend on fucking Facebook. Yeah, don't do he's that. He's not shit, nice man. enough, or he's not mean enough to say that out loud. He uh, he tries to say like it's so weird that people add me, isn't it? And then oh yeah, you know it's my nice way of saying get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just stop adding him on Facebook. <clears throat> Facebook should like if you've ever seen him face to face, maybe then you could add it. If if you only know him through the magic of the internet. Don't add him on Facebook. Okay, what, what do we have, like, last one? Are any of us planning to play a pre-release? I am, yeah. I... I'm going to do some more two-headed giant. Sick. Yeah. Oh. Smash fools with my, my what are those two cards called? Let's write it down. Not with your favorite partner of mine, though. Fuck. No, he fucking, well, he lives far away. If he never <laughs> made a trip, I would, but. Too bad. So, no, no instead of playing with Warhead Schofield, Jeremy, I'm going to play with the other Jeremy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, I'm cool. stuck up here for three fucking weeks. Or not three fucking weeks. 17 day shift. Yeah. Fuck. So I'm, what do you I'm do? up here. Like, just like fill boxes with dirt or something? Or what are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a supervisor. I'm, I'm, I'm the make a hole boss. And ah, I'm fill the whole box. Nice. So, so when I get back there, I probably have to see this. This week is disassemble a shoring box, get it. It's a good thing he died here, because this is really boring, probably. Get rid of that. Uh, start filling a hole. Did I die? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jay had the perfect line, though. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, all right. We love you oh, all. Boring. Bye, guys. Bye. I love you all. <laughs>